everybody, Adam here, Subwizard Podcast. You are about to listen to an interview I did with Brandon Rhines. Brandon is a writer, director, producer, creator. This guy really does everything, and he is prolific. This guy works hard. I mean, just check out his IMDb page. Talking to him was a real treat. It's always inspiring to talk to a creative person such as this who just does the work, puts in the time, and gets it done. His latest movie, Hotbox, can be found on Amazon Prime and soon to be on many more streaming platforms, and it's in multiple countries. If I remember right, it said something like 60 countries, so definitely check that out. It's a uh, stoner comedy that kind of coincided accidentally with the legalization of weed in uh, Canada. But Brandon's got a ton of projects. Check them out. It's a great interview. Thanks. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Adam here with So Wizard, and I am talking to Brandon Rhinus, who is a writer, creator, director. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing very good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know this got a little bit delayed with the whole corona thing in the world going crazy, but I'm glad we found time to do it. Yeah. Uh, we do have a current project, uh, Hotbox, your newest movie to talk about. But before we get there, I kind of wanted to start at the beginning of your creative journey. Uh, what was your first, uh, maybe not your first memory, but your first introduction to like, this is what I want to do? It, um, like, I'd, I'd been writing ever since I was able to hold a pencil basically I'd, you know I'd write stories and stuff but it was in elementary school in grade four um, I had this dream that I got kidnapped and I had to escape from these kidnappers and I woke up and I was like oh that'd make a cool story so I wrote wrote the story and uh, my English teacher the next day in school let me read it to the class and when I was done everyone you know the class just erupted in applause and you know and I was kind of you know Mr. Popular for the rest of the day and uh that was kind of when something clicked and I was like, oh, people seem to like the stories that I write. So kind of from that day forward, there was never any other career path um, that I really considered. And it wasn't until you know, high school um, and I, I watched um, Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs and, um, and uh, Leon the Professional. I watched those two movies um, in one night and then something clicked in my head and I was like, yeah, I should make movies because you know, I love this. And um, so I, I started borrowing video equipment from the local um, cable TV station in my, my small town. And I go out with friends and we make these really crappy short films. You know, we like, you know, I basically learned from like I knew basically nothing. And, you know, at first it was you know shooting on VHS cameras. So we would edit as we were shooting. We you know record a take. If it didn't work, we would just rewind in the camera and redo it. So basically we were editing the movie as we went and, you know, not not the best way to do it. Right. And then soon I learned like, oh, you can edit by, you know, there's like an editing machine and you can edit from like one tape to another. And so I taught myself how to do that. And then it wasn't long before um, digital editing um, came out and that kind of made it easier. And I honestly, it was never really uh, like it was the only thing I wanted to do, but I, I could never figure out how to make money at it. And quite frankly, I wasn't trying very hard. I just thought it was kind of something fun to do on the side. And I always had some other you know day job to to keep me going. And it wasn't until, um, you know, around 2013 to 2015, kind of that area where I decided, what if I just put all my effort into making this happen? I wonder if I could actually do it. And I'd always been into comic books and writing comics and stuff. And I figured that was cheaper than movies. So I started, um, you know, writing and, and publishing comic books and we started selling them and reinvesting the money we made and, and you know, it started to gain some popularity and, 
and by this time I hadn't written a screenplay in probably you know seven or eight years and I was like well you know things are going really well with the comics maybe I could try doing the screenwriting again so I started screenwriting again and I just started writing like non-stop just cranking out you know short films features and everything and I started getting pretty damn good at it and before I knew it people started paying me for scripts um, to the point where it was almost as much as I was making in my day job and then I decided well you know I could take it a step further and start making films again um and so i started you know meeting people putting a crew together raising money you know a lot of it was my own money i was putting into it and we just started making short films and that kind of thing and then all of a sudden i got laid off from my day job and i kind of decided well do i go and get another job i hate or do i do this full time and and the money especially even now the money and you know being an indie screenwriter in canada is not huge um so I was like, my plan was to take it month by month. If I run out of money, I can always get another job. And, you know, now it's been four years or something, and it's I'm still keeping it going. And um, it's kind of always a struggle, but I'm starting to get more noticed. Um, I'm getting more, you know, screenwriting jobs, selling more scripts, getting more projects made. Um, I started doing, you know, feature-length movies instead of just shorts. And, um, and but yeah, that basically brings us up to uh, this very day. Oh, that's a... Uh pretty incredible path that the fact that you just like, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this and it worked. And then you're like, well, let's pivot to comic books. And then it worked. And, um, it's just, you usually hear a lot of stories about getting up, you know, failing, trying again, failing, trying again. And I'm sure you had some of that, but, uh, it sounded like you had a pretty strong trajectory. Yeah. And it just, it basically came down to the work, like just working super hard at it and you know if you put that amount of effort into anything like it's bound to work to some degree um you know i i never really thought it's like if i if i write this many scripts there's no way i cannot get better i mean if you write 100 short scripts and like 50 features if you're not better than you were when you started doing it then you know something's wrong right that's um, not for you <laughs> yeah so um so i just think naturally just writing so many scripts over the years it just led to it stopped being good enough um for people to want to make and you know and i just you know i pitch at my scripts a lot i'm always you know anyone who's willing to listen i'll pitch my scripts to and so i'm just you know it's, it's non-stop hustle is what it takes and you know people all the time ask me like you know every day i get questions about you know how do i how do i get involved how do i do it and and it's kind of like you know there's no secret to it it's just a lot of hard work you just gotta you know invest money in yourself and invest time in yourself and get better at it you you can't skip to the end you know if, you, if you've never written a screenplay before the odds of you writing your first one and then selling it for big money um in hollywood is probably not going to happen you know so i would just my first scripts i would sell for just you know next to nothing you know basically grocery money and rent money and um but it was just enough that i started doing that and then that would get me noticed because i started selling things and then you know those producers would kind of go on to bigger projects that they'd hire me for and and i'd get more attention and you know just kind of slowly work my way up the ladder and um, and, you know, I think a lot of pretty much anyone that's willing to put in that effort can do what I've done. Like, there's, I'm, you know, I guess I got some talent, but it, I, I didn't, you know, I don't have any, you know, I didn't come from a, a family of Hollywood producers. You know, my none of my family or friends are involved in the industry, or at least when I started, they weren't. Um, so, yeah, like anyone that wants to follow in my footsteps, like it is possible. I'm kind of living proof of that. Yeah, just do the work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, you said um, your small town, you're from Edmonton, right? Um, yeah, I grew up in Wetaskiwin, which is a small town. Edmonton's a pretty big city, but yeah, that's where I'm, I'm based now. 
Okay, that's where I was a little confused because I'm kind of under the impression that Edmonton has a fairly decent uh, entertainment industry. I mean, it's not like a Hollywood, but it seems like a lot of projects happen around there. There's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there could always be more. I mean, we like Vancouver is kind of, Vancouver and Toronto are where the big, big stuff's happening in Canada. And we're kind of a few hours away from Calgary and they kind of got more stuff going on than we do here. But there, there's stuff going on. I mean, they're always shooting big projects here. You know, they'll come up from, from LA or wherever and shoot stuff here. And there's a lot of indie people doing stuff around this area. So, I mean, we got a lot of talented people and everything. It just, um, you know, I mean, the coronavirus kind of killed everything uh, oh, for, for sure. now, but it was, you know, it's, it could always, there could always be more. And I'm, I'm just glad that I could at least be a part of it. Right. I'm at least, you know, I'm moving things forward and, you know, hiring local people and just trying to make, make it happen as best I can. So um, there's a lot of talented people here and I hope that uh, there's like much better days to come. Did you find that being in that environment kind of helped uh, maybe keep your fire going when you maybe hit a lull or were you just like, I'm, I'm going to do this regardless? Yeah, I'm just going to do it regardless. Like even like, you know, even now when we're kind of on lockdown, it's like, well, I'm even busier now. I, you know, I'm writing even more and I'm getting things ready that, you know, the second we're you know allowed to go outside again, uh, I'm going to start shooting a new project. And I think a lot of people are thinking like that too. And, um, and yeah, like you, even if I have no money, sometimes it's like, you know, like Hotbox took a bit of money to raise. And sometimes it's like, man, I don't have the energy to raise that kind of money again, but I want to shoot something right away. So I just figure, how do I shoot something on like just the amount of money that I have in my bank account right now? And that's kind of where I'm haunted. One of my projects was, it's, you know, a found feature type thing. It's like, you know, if I shoot the whole thing on a phone and a laptop, I don't really need a crew. And, you know, so I did that project and that got me a bunch of attention, which got me hired for other things. And um, so it's kind of like, if, if you have enough hustle, like you'll make it happen. If you're constantly waiting for someone else to, you know, kind of give you permission or if you... You know, I mean, obviously money is a big thing, but you can find a way. I mean, people have a, you know, video camera on their phone in their pocket. There's no reason that you can't just write a short thing and go out and film it with people and, you know, just whatever you can do to get it started and, you know, just one little step. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. And, you know, no matter what the circumstances are, it's like, I'll find a way to make it happen. If there's nothing, nothing much happening in my area, well, I can sell scripts to people in other countries. You know, I got one... Um, I'm writing that's hopefully going into production uh, uh, later this winter in the UK. You know, it's like I'll just any 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 opportunity that I can either that it comes my way or that I can create, I will take advantage of. That's awesome. And I, I like that you brought up the technology and the just go get it attitude, because for anyone who's creative, you don't have a better time in history than now between yeah. the ease of the technology, the affordability of the technology and the massive amounts of distribution channels, even just setting up your own free YouTube channel, you can get yeah. people to watch your stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, technically, you could write a script, film it, edit it, and post it on YouTube all on your phone. Like, um, so there's really, you know, once you get to bigger things, you'd obviously like better camera, better sound and all that. But just to get started, you may as well just start filming stuff. Like, I didn't even have actors when I started. I just get a bunch of high school buddies and, you know, they're terrible actors for the most part. But... I started just learning how to film things, how to, how to cut shots together and, and all the basics. And, you know, I just made a whole bunch of those and, you know, slowly learned. And then over the years I got better and better. Um, and, you know, the money will come, but it's, you know, it's, you can't expect people to invest uh, large amounts of money in you if you've never done it before. You know, they, 
you know, they kind of want to see, like, what have you done, you know, to prove that you at least have the ability to get something done. So when they see that, oh, yeah, I've made 10 short films, and, and it's like, okay, like, he's, he's proven himself a little bit, so we can give him some money, and, and you kind of just take it from there. That's cool. You kind of put yourself through your own unique film school. Yeah. As far as film school goes, do you did you ever pursue any formal education in this, or was it just a matter of doing it and learning it? Um, I did. I took a program called Radio and Television Production um, at a technical institute in Edmonton here called NATE, the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. Um, back when I when I went, they didn't have a film course, um, so that was the closest I had is um, TV. And um, you know, first year you learn radio and TV, and then after that you kind of branch off and you pick one or the other. So I took television. Uh, part of that was making a short film. Um, you know, but we learned how to use video cameras and we learned editing and. Some of it, it was somewhat useful, but I, the vast majority of what I know now is just from doing it a lot. Um, I think there's no better way to do it. And you know, even now I talk to like um, screenwriting students and it's funny because some of them will like, you know, like critique my stuff or something. And it's like, well, you know, you're like a 19 year old that just, you know, graduate or you know, in, in screenwriting school. And it's like, I've actually been selling scripts and getting them made. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, I can't say they're wrong because of what their teacher told them, but a lot of it, it's like what you find in the real world is not what you learn in, in school. Um, so it's like I, I found the best things that work for me, and some of them are not the traditional way to do it. They're not the way you're taught to do it. And it's like, yeah, but I've never had a producer unwilling to pay me for something because I do things my way. Um, so it, it seems to be working for me. So I'm going to kind of stick to that, but I mean, traditional tech, um, education could have some benefit. I, I'm pretty sure, but you're really going to learn the most just doing it out in the real world. It makes a lot of sense when it comes to the arts. I'm, I'm sure there is a, like when you write a screenplay, for example, there is a set style. People like to see a screenplay in for various reasons but you don't have to use this one piece of software or write it the same way everyone else does. Yeah, exactly. There's, I mean, there's general rules, like, you know, it should look, be properly formatted, but there's a lot of things that you're supposed to do that I'm like, I don't like doing it that way. Um, I'm going to kind of do it my way. Or I just find little ways that I think are more efficient to do it. And no one's ever called me out on it other than, you know, um, screenwriting students or something. But, um, but for the most part, like a producer, when they read the script, they're not going to be like, this is, you know, this is great. I can make big money at this. Unfortunately, this thing is uh, formatted slightly differently, so we're not going to buy it. You know, it that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work like that, right? A lot um, of potential here. If only you use the uh, description field better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so things like that that I'm, you know, I generally follow the rules. But and there's also too is that if everyone is doing it one way, it's it's almost like it's kind of working against you, like as soon as you do something a bit fresh and different, it's like, you're going to get noticed. You know, no one's going to be like, wow, this person followed the rules. Exactly. You know, we, we should hire them. It's like, you know, everyone does that. It's like, someone could be like, Hey, look at this script. Like he did this way differently. This is something to be noticed. Um, so that's the way I kind of see it is like, if you're just trying to be as perfect as possible, this is not the medium for that. You know, maybe in architecture or something like that, you got to be you know exactly specific, but this is a creative art and stuff. And so if you try to take some, liberties and stuff it can you know really help out and make you stand out from the crowd that's a really good point too because we talked a few minutes ago about now is the time for creatives because there's so many avenues 
but that's also a double-edged sword because now is the time for all the creatives and there's probably more people writing down whatever and trying to produce things more than ever. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those things too. In a way it's better because, you know, hundred years ago, you know, only the, you know, the wealthiest and, um, you know, really had a chance. You couldn't just be a filmmaker because you wanted to be. So it's, it was kind of unfair that you had those barriers, whereas now it's opened up to virtually anyone. The downside is that it's open to virtually everyone. Um, so now it's like, you don't even have to have talent. You can film whatever you want, put it on YouTube. And, you know, and even now when I upload one of my short films, it's like, well, it doesn't matter how good it is. I'm up against billions of other videos. And it's like, how do you get yourself noticed? It's, it's so difficult. And even when I submit a script to a producer, like you know, a lot of producers, they'll announce that they're, you know, they're looking for a, a horror film or a thriller film or a romantic comedy or whatever. And if I have one of those, I'll submit it to them. And it's part of it is I'm up against a lot of other good writers, but a lot of it is I'm up against just a vast um, like number of other writers. And most of them, you know, not to be cruel, but are probably not very good. So when this producer gets the, my script, it's among, you know, 1,200 others. And there's a chance that they might not even get to mine. Um, just because right, of the sheer volume. Day, they give you one page and they move on. Yeah, and I've... I've had that too, where they're, they'll be like, okay, yeah, we got 2000 scripts and we narrowed it down to 200 and you're one of those 200. And so it's like, okay. And it's like, you hey, narrowed it down to 50 and you're one of those 50. And then I end up, you know, they pick someone else. And um, so, yeah, you're always just up against a whole lot of people. And, you know, I, I get it that people get excited about their, their script or their project and they think it's the best thing ever, but they don't realize that there's millions of other people that think the exact same thing about their own project. Um, so when you send it to someone, doesn't mean they're going to be interested in it because there's just such a huge, overwhelming volume of uh, like material out there. So, so it's just something to keep in mind, and it gets discouraging because you know when I started, I would pitch my scripts nonstop and just get no replies. You know, like I wouldn't even get rejections; I would just get ignored. I kind of had to work my way up to the point where I was getting rejections, where they take the time to to say something and tell me no. And then, you know, after that, then I kept plugging away and then I'd get one, you know, I'd sell like one script. Um, and then, of course, when that was made, I would just make a big deal out of it. I would, uh, you know, announce it on Facebook and put it on my resume. And, and then when I'd pitch the next script, I would tell them, you know, my my short film, Granny, was uh, recently produced uh, in Denver. And it doesn't matter if the movie was any good or not, because they're probably not going to watch it. But they would see that somebody else took um, took a chance on me. So all of a sudden, then that opened up the door, and all of a sudden, I started getting more and more. And then I would pitch that um, on my latest script, I would say, I've had five uh, short films produced recently in um, Canada, the U.S., and uh, England, and India. And then that makes me sound even better. And then I would kind of keep going like that. Uh, whereas now, I got, you know, 50-some credits on IMDb, and I've sold many, many more scripts. So I don't need to give a number, but I can just list kind of my my best, biggest projects. Um so just like any little kind of success I have, I turn that into a bigger success and a bigger success. And, and just, it, you know, it sounds cheesy, but just having a positive attitude really works. Um, if you just sound like you're excited about stuff, you're just an easygoing person and you're fun to work with, that's going to open up so many doors. Like even when I, when I pitch, um, when I send pitches to producers, I, you know, I, I'm pretty much professional, but I'd never do it exactly professional. You know, I put a lot of um, exclamation marks and emojis in there and stuff that you're told not to do. But ever since I started doing that, I've 
it's exploded with the number of people that responded just because they probably read like a hundred boring emails a day. Whereas mine's just kind of short, succinct and fun. And, you know, just, I just have like an excited attitude and people want to work with someone like that. So as soon as I started doing that, it just kind of the floodgates opened and, uh, and um, I have, you know, a lot more people wanted to work with me. So you get a good insider tip for anyone listening, <laughs> show your personality a bit. Yeah. Did you find that, um, like, say you got that first one produced, so then you could find, you could say to these people as you're submitting scripts, um, just had such and such short film produced. You know, you wouldn't say this was my first one. I finally did it, but just had this produced at this place. It did that. Um, it, was that momentum like tenfold? Like every time that happened, it w wasn't like a, it was a, not a step. It was a leap. Oh yeah. Like each one, it's like exponential. With, um, and you know, now I can just, sometimes I include my IMDB link. Sometimes I don't, cause I know they'll, they'll probably just Google me and see everything I've done. And that's kind of even better that, they're like, oh wow, this guy's actually had a bunch of stuff made, and and as soon as as soon as that happens, it's almost like they go into reading your script, prepared to like it, because you know a lot of like I read some other scripts, and a lot of them, you know, the first time scripts, they're just really not very good. Um, so if someone's seen that, wow, you've had a lot of stuff made, they're going to go into it thinking there must be something about this person for them to have sold this many scripts. So they're just kind of more likely to give you a chance, which gives you more chances, which just it kind of just feeds this whole momentum thing that can't be stopped. And now I'm noticing even like, even now I've been at it a few years, but even just in the last few months, it's gone like even bigger. I'm getting even more offers now. Um, so I can't even imagine where I'll be in like five years. Um, but it just like, it's slow to start. And a lot of people probably get discouraged and just give up because this is going to be a whole lot of no's. And even the first bunch I had made, I didn't even get paid for. I just had to, you know, give them away just so I could get a short film made so that I could say that I've had a short film made. Um, and then after a while, you know, I would start charging a bit of money for it and then I start charging more money for it. And, um, and then, you know, got to the point where I just, I couldn't keep up even now. Like I get asked if I have short films and it's like, well, I only got a few that haven't sold yet because I just like, if I write one, it's kind of out the door like that day. Um, and, you know, and I'm also onto bigger and better things and features and stuff. So I don't have the time for that anymore. But it's also a matter of like, you know, a lot of people, they do this massive hundred million dollar fantasy script or something as their first one. And it's like, that's probably too much. You know, it's it's going to be hard to get someone that invests that much money in something for an un unproven writer. But if you just start writing a short film that has, you know, one to three actors in it, takes place in a house um you have a good chance of getting it made by someone and then you can kind of just follow in the exact way i just lined out and it's uh you know just get one made and then use that to promote yourself to get another one made and then um just kind of keep the whole thing going that's really really cool and really insightful um and i'm sure a lot of people do want to be the next uh you know lord of the rings or something but that was decades in the making so like you're saying why don't you walk before you run yeah yeah, I did look at your IMDb page, and it is extensive. So, for anyone who's just listening, you know, look him up because he's he's not he's practicing what he preaches. <laughs> it's funny too if you look. I have like one film from two thousand, one from two thousand seven, and then like fifty in the last like four years. <laughs> um, so you can kind of just tell where the exact point where I started taking this seriously. Yeah, 2018, 2019, you probably have. 20 credits just you know at a glance <laughs> that's awesome though because 
the proficiency is everything. Yeah, some of those are um, ones that I, um, you know, wrote and directed uh, myself. Uh, some of them are ones that other people directed. Um, so yeah, like yeah, I have different projects. Some of them I just I have no interest in doing myself, but I could sell to someone else. And and some of them are like, you know, this one's mine. You know, no one no one's going to direct this except me. So out of all the stuff you've written, shorts, features, you even have uh, long runs of TV series on here. What's your favorite medium to work in, or does it vary based on the idea? It it varies based on the idea. Like I, I, I if I had to pick, I would say like just like feature length films is kind of the, my favorite. Um, but you know, I like different projects for different things, and and some of them like a lot of my shorts, probably most of them, I would see as being a full length movie. It's just it's hard to raise that kind of money, but I could do it as a short. I have a few trailers on there for um films that hopefully will be made one day um like you know grotesque and motel 13 and some of them are making good progress it's just you know it always comes down to money um uh, but yeah i like i like working in any medium comic books i wrote a novel you know like anything that's just creative stuff i like and i'll, I'll kind of pursue anything that's there in front of me do you ever uh, dabble back into comics yeah i'm still making comics um it's slowed down a lot just because the the movie stuff kind of eats up uh, most of the, my budget and, and time. But yeah, sure. I got some new yeah. comics hopefully coming out soon. Uh, got one called The Nothing Man, which is, um, it's like a, I call it a live action comic where we took uh, like real pictures of actors acting it out and then arranged it into a comic book with word balloons. So it's like a comic, but with real people instead of drawings. Um, so that should hopefully be out sometime this year. It's uh, It's been a long process getting it getting it done but yeah and i got if you go to my website thehigheruniverse.com you can see a bunch of the comics i have out there and they're available on comiXology and amazon and um and other places like that so you, i got quite a few things out there that um you'd I'd more than be happy to uh, have your listeners read and give me feedback on absolutely yeah um we could do all the uh plugs again at the end too but definitely uh get on that everybody so you want to talk about your most recent project, uh, Hotbox? Yeah, Hotbox is a long time in the making. We shot it in the um, winter of 2018. Um, we had the premiere last April, so basically a year ago right now. And it was just um, you know my first kind of outing into dealing with distributors and all that and just trying to figure out how to get it out, out into the world, uh, which was a lot harder than we we thought um, we ran into a lot of just struggles because for, for one, for some reason, the um, marijuana related humor t uh, offended a lot more people than I was expecting. Really? Um, and <laughs> that even, is even now trying to promote it. Um, I'm just running into a lot of, yeah, we, you know, we can't, we can't share that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like you can have movies with murder and all this other stuff and you can't, you know, show people smoking a joint. Like it seems kind of odd. And even we even tried um, the distributor, um or like the guy steve kenny um in in ireland who was uh he kind of hooked us up with a distributor and he tried to do some uh, paid facebook advertising for it and they wouldn't allow it to be advertised because it uh, promoted an illegal substance and he tried um um to like protest uh i can't remember the word is but yeah he tried to like uh, he tried to appeal that decision and they blocked him from facebook for three days as like a punishment i was like wow. are you freaking kidding me um i never would have guessed the stoner comedy has been a staple in comedy since like the late 90s 
Yeah, Probably even four. I mean, like Cheech that. and Chong is like seventies. I mean, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> like so, I don't, I don't, because the movie itself, there's no, there's nothing bad in it. There's some some swearing, but you know, there's no. It's still like a lighthearted, funny movie. There's no killing or anything like that. And so it, I, yeah, I just find that mind boggling. But in a way, it might work in our favor. It's kind of like an underdog type story, right? You know, it's like the movie that they don't want you to see, right? And as soon as people try to start silencing something, it kind of, you know brings interest in it like i gotta watch this and i think most people watch it and be like it's like why is that banned like it's so not deserving of it um but yeah we just we also had problems with uh the fact that it's an indie stoner comedy with no big names in it a lot of distributors they watched it and they're like yeah it's funny like it's good it's just you know there's no famous people in it so it's going to be a hard sell um so luckily we found people willing to, to take a chance on us. And it, so it's at, out there now on Amazon prime and we're getting a very good reaction to it. Um, yeah. A lot of just the, you know, emails and messages I'm getting of people that just love it and lots of good lines in there that they like quoting and everything. So it's uh, I'm happy that people liked it because it was a wonderful experience to shoot. Um, we shot it in 11 days, uh, extremely low budget. Um, and everyone just really came together. We shot in this giant house, this like mansion that we rented from a city and it had uh, no furniture in it. And of course we needed to look like it was a, a, like a normal house. So the cast and crew kind of got together and donated their furniture so we could furnish this house. So we drove around in a truck, picking up furniture and, uh, you know, putting in the house that we brought it back later. And, um, we had a guy, Steve Sang, who's a, um, a casting director, um, in this area, in my area in Edmonton, and he loaned us uh, this car. that's like 1970s station wagon um, to be like the, the car that's used in the movie. So you know that was really kind of him. So people kind of just came out of the woodwork to help get this made, and we could we were able to make it on such a low budget movie that we probably wouldn't have been able to do um, you know had we been in L.A. or something. Um, so yeah, it turned out great, and you know just the reaction I got to it was amazing my part of my worry, especially doing comedy is that, you know, we'd sit there in the theater and watch it and it'd be crickets, right? There's no one laughing. That was like my ultimate fear. Uh, so it was such a relief that everyone was just laughing nonstop and, um, you know, people liked it. So it, it turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. And I'm very happy about that. That's awesome. And, um, you said it was a long time coming, but then you had mentioned to me in our, like the first email exchange we had, that this actually ended up coinciding with the legalization of pot in Canada. And you said yeah, it was, kind it was of an accident. Yeah, that was, that was just kind of a fluke. Like I wasn't even thinking about that. Cause you know, we started pre-production, you know, quite a while before we shot, it just worked out that um, when we started filming, it was within like a week or so of when marijuana was legalized in Canada. Um, so we used that as kind of like a promotional thing as we were doing it um, just to kind of, you know, get more attention for us, but yeah, total coincidence. Did that, um, significantly like bolster the project anyway? Did, was it something like you were beating your head up against the wall and then all of a sudden the door came wide open for you? I, I would think not. I mean, you can never really tell. It's just, um, we did get quite a bit of attention and even while we were filming, we, we didn't even have enough money to like finish the movie. So I was kind of under a lot of pressure of like, is this whole thing going to collapse? Um, but even while we were shooting it and promoting it, people saw what were going on, uh, what was going on, and started you know donating money to us. So by the time we were done, it got such like a good reputation of um, an attention to it that we had enough money to finish it. So in that respect, 
whatever it was that that you know made it happen you know made it happen but uh, i can't say for sure if it was one thing or another did the uh, legalization force any last second rewrites like you're sitting there about to roll camera and you're like oh this doesn't work anymore it's legal now um no i don't think so we pretty much stuck to the story um the only thing in the in the movie there was um one storyline where a guy um he hasn't you know smoked weed in months or a long time and then he smokes a joint and then right after he gets a text from his boss informing everyone that um they have to do a piss test in the morning so he's freaking out and he spends the rest of the time at the party trying to um trying to get someone to pee in a cup for him so he can use their you know someone that who's sober right um that was the only storyline i was like wait is this gonna work now um because um Technically, it's not illegal, but I guess it would still make sense because even if it was legal, you're still not allowed to to do it on the job. So, so that story that was the only one where I questioned it a little bit, but for the most part, it um, it didn't change much. No, that's really cool that it all fell into place, and it's it's also cool that you managed to get it out there. I mean, I I wish I knew that I could watch it on Amazon Prime just to fill in two seconds of backstory. You had sent me a link. I clicked on it. It didn't work. And I thought, because you're in Canada, I'm in the U.S., but you did clear it up that it is available in the U.S. I just couldn't go in through the same link. So for anyone listening, it is available. Just make sure you're in your proper country. Yeah, and that was actually quite surprising because um, the way I heard normally, it's released in the U.S. and the U.K. first because those are like bigger markets. Um, and then in Canada and other English-speaking places, are you know they come later on if it's successful. So I've actually, I've written other like, movies that have been released and filmed in Canada and people in Canada can't even watch their own movie because it's not available here. Um, so when we first kind of uh, got this deal and started doing the stuff with Amazon, we were under the impression that that was going to happen too. And they even told us that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, they changed it. And they're like, we decided to release it um, in all markets at the same time. Um, so we're in like 60 different countries. A lot of them I never even heard of before. Um, and I was, I was kind of surprised. Even other people were surprised too. And they're like, man, like, how did you get in all those places? And I was like, I don't know. They just decided to. Um, so that's great that it actually is available in Canada or in the U S you just have to, um, um, yeah, just make sure you're in the, um, if you click on the Facebook link or whatever, it might take you to the wrong one. So just go to your Amazon prime account and search for Hotbox, and you should be able to, to find it there. Very cool. Yeah, that's. That's huge that it's worked out. Now you're you, you got this movie in multinational. It's got to be a, kind of a surreal feeling, even though you've been doing this so long. It still has to be really cool to see it happen. Yeah, it's great because I mean, like we did um, we did a premiere here last April, um, and it was you know nearly sold out. A lot of people there. It was so successful. We actually did a second screening a few weeks later just to for people who missed it. Um, but I've been you know just hounded by people every day like, hey, when's Hotbox coming out? When's Hotbox coming out? Um, not only people that were involved in it, but also just people that came across it wanted to watch. So it's it's great to finally be able to tell them it is available, and instead of always having to tell them, I don't know when, hopefully soon. It's like no, it's out there, and um, we should be out on other platforms too. I think it's like Tubi and uh, it's a bunch of other ones that we should be out in the coming weeks. So if you happen to like those uh, platforms, instead we'll be on those. Um, but yeah, the the main thing is it's out to the world and. You know, I can finally promote it and, you know, get people's you know, feedback and hear what people think of it and then, um, you know, carry on with the next thing. 
Very cool. Well, I think that's a, a good place to wrap it. If you want to tell everybody where they can find you again, like your website, your social media handles. Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, just under my name, Brandon Rhinus. Um, Higher Universe is uh, my company uh, for comics and movies. So if you look that up on um, on YouTube, you can see all my short films and all that stuff and uh, the website and the comic books. So, um, yeah, be sure to reach out. And uh, I like hearing from people and uh, I wish everyone the best of luck. Very cool. Well, Brandon, thanks again for taking the time to sit down with us and uh, best of luck in the future. I'm sure you have 15 different irons in the fire right now. <laughs> I sure do. Great. Thanks again. Thanks a lot. Just wanted to thank Brandon one more time for coming on the show. It was a really great interview. Make sure you check out his movie Hotbox and Amazon Prime. Check out his IMDb. He's got a lot of projects out there. Uh, hit him up on social media. Visit his website. Really cool guy. Thanks for listening.